What's up, fight fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, December 12th, 2021, and this week's episode, The Oliveira, One Event Left. We'll be talking about UFC 269 last night, the lightweight title, and still, and the Bantamweight Championship, the shocker, and new, and a lot of the action in between. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news, as well as look ahead to another weekend of combat sports action. The heavyweights, Derek Lewis against Chris Dawkins in the UFC. And, you know, the breakout star combat sports, Jake Paul, and the unexpected rematch against Tyrone Woodley. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Welcome back from Sin City. Mm-hmm. And uh, darn, was that was that an exciting night of fights? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I'll wait till we dig in. But oh boy, it was awesome. But you know, full disclosure: if I slip, it's because we didn't get done till 1 a.m. And then I made the drive back this morning. And you know, at a certain point, your body says you're not actually allowed to just do that. We're gonna shut the <laughs> lights off for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Edson Barbosa, Shane Burgos style, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, it was a lot of fun. It's great to be back. I I know watching on TV it was a good card, so I can imagine you had fun too. So let's dig in. Start. I know, look, the, the upset, we're going to have plenty of thoughts, but let's talk about that main event. Um, for as short as it was, I will say it delivered with just the right amount. You know, just like when you don't use a little bit of hot sauce, you just get the right amount on the hot yeah. wings. <laughs> That's what it was like, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, diamond hot sauce, but it didn't have enough kick to it. Charles Oliveira gets the W. I'm not going to lie, Natalie. That first round, I was like, this is how he does it. One of these is just going to land a little bit cleaner and... You know, it is all over. I was impressed by Oliveira's heart. I was impressed by Poirier's execution on the feet in the first round. I felt like all things considered, all the attributes and the um, just the level of striking that Charles has, I felt like Dustin was doing a good job of just getting that fist to face and leading the dance, so to speak. So I was very impressed there. Obviously, in the second round, um, first off, Charles does a good job to stay in that fight despite the fact that he was probably you know had to get a little bit more in there to win the round so I gave one to Dustin obviously round two was mostly Charles on top the hand and the arm I'm not gonna lie it's such a weird thing because even Dustin Dowden played it after the fight but it did feel like Charles got away with a little bit there kind of like LeBron James traveling an extra step oh before God. he dunks it that's what totally. that felt like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I got to give full credit because they make it to the end of the round. Dustin does not look worse for wear. And then Charles just lets him have it, gets the back, gets the finish. Very impressed by that. I was very impressed with his heart. I was very impressed with his ability to overcome adversity. What were your thoughts on the match? Wow, you know, when we made our picks last week, I picked Dustin, you picked Oliveira by submission. I think you said rear naked choke. I can't remember which round you picked, though. Yes, I, I thought it was four. Okay. I'm not going to give myself three. the credit that I called the three. We'll <laughs> we'll go back, but I feel like I didn't give myself that much. I felt like it would go a l- little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and so I was, you know, watching, catching up on Embedded and Countdown and stuff this week, and I was like, huh, you know, told you might be right on this one. Uh, but still, I thought, no, 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 Poirier, like, for all of uh, Oliveira's attributes, Poirier's got those heavy hands, and he's just such a clean boxer. And he showed it, right? In round one, he showed it, but Oliveira showed not only heart, not only a good chin, but he showed that he's a complete MMA fighter. I mean, you know, Rogan in, in DC kept calling out the, the knees and the front kicks, and, like, it was just an onslaught of, you know, fists and feet. And, you know, he was even using the clinch very effectively with uppercuts. Oliveira really showed everything that he can do on the on the ground, on the on his feet in round one. And and that includes withstanding some really hard shots from from Dustin Poirier. So round two comes along. He gets Dustin on the ground. And I'm confused like everybody else about, you know, that position that Dustin's holding very defensive, not using not taking any opportunity to move or anything. 
you know, Dean Thomas rightly calls out it's because, you know, Dustin doesn't want to take any chances getting, uh, giving Oliveira position to advance. Okay, fine. But then the next round, it's just, you know, the next round I'm expecting, okay, you know, Dustin took one, you know, he gave that round away on purpose. I'm expecting him to come out in round three and put it back on Oliveira. And this time, you know, Oliveira is probably not going to be able to, to take much, uh, much more damage. And I can't even remember the move that Oliveira used to get on top of Poirier. I remember DC saying, wow, that was a great entry the way he did that. But he climbed on the back of Poirier and that was it, man. It was all she wrote. It was super slick, super impressive. And I got to say, I agree with DC. You know, he says Poirier had the odds in his favor here, largely in part uh, in due, due to his wins over Conor McGregor, but... And, and I'll say this as much of a fan, it's kind of hard to be a fan these days of Conor McGregor, but I'm still loyal, loyal and, and as much of a fan as I am, you know, he's not the same fighter as he was in 2016 when he was at the top of the game. And we kind of see that that, you know, we, we see in Oliveira's win over Poirier how true that is. Um, you know, Poirier wasn't fighting a top five Conor McGregor. And he was fighting the champion of the lightweight division last night. And, and I think that's why he lost, because Oliveira is really, really good. He's a complete fighter. It was impressive. Yeah, I almost feel like Dustin, I don't know if he was hurt, but he he, he showed his back. Like, he turned his back briefly, mm-hmm. and Charles just jumped on him. I don't remember if he was, like, half half ah, haphazardly going for like a spinning back fist all of yeah, Sergio Pettis but, weird, right like all of a sudden Oliver is on top of him but he you know I felt like Dustin kind of turned away a little bit and that's Charles just jumped on it like he should but um yeah you know to me the big thing I kept reminding myself is that yeah like Charles Oliver is not Conor McGregor in any way um not on the mic and not in the cage either yeah. it's a completely <laughs> different animal but I did also remind myself, this is the guy who overcame Max Holloway, Gaethje, you know, Pettis, when Pettis kind of was firing back again and yeah. had a very good fight. I think people forget that. You know, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Just because Dustin hasn't had to maybe get out of second or third gear to beat Connor does not mean that he, you know, suddenly lost those skills. No, no, no. no. And I think to me, I, I'll be honest, if there was one thing that shocked me, the calf kicks just I don't remember seeing him really commit to one good one and I was like I don't know if it was the fear of getting you know caught and Charles turns it into a takedown but the whole time I was like I feel like those would actually really serve you well Dustin and they were one of my main points in my breakdowns all week that I thought if he gets those going it's only going to open up that great boxing we saw in the first round and so the fact that they were really not a factor for either man, the knees and the elbows, I didn't expect to be as effective for Charles. I think that was a big difference. But the fact that no calf kicks from two guys who we've, we've seen use them effectively, that was surprising to me out of everything. But, yeah, in um, fact, I was thinking, I'm like watching, because Oliveira was using so many kicks and knees, it really uh, highlighted how Dustin was not at all using that. And I, I was thinking, I was like, it's just like watching a boxer almost fight an MMA guy because Dustin's not using his feet to kick at all. So it, it was odd, for sure. Yeah, I mean, only he knows exactly what he was feeling, if it was the range, if it was, you know, the hesitation because of the ground threat. I don't know, but yeah, for sure we saw that. But um, look, I mean, Dustin... Uh, where do you go from here? I still like him in a lot of matchups at lightweight. Obviously, if you talk about him versus a guy like Michael Chandler, I mean, that's still a great fight. Uh, him versus Mahachev, him versus Dariush, him versus Tony Ferguson. I mean, there's still plenty of good matchups for Dustin. Getting back to a title shot, I mean, let's say like it is. Right now at lightweight, any loss puts you probably about a year out from the title picture unless someone gets hurt i mean when you look at next year's already probably locked up between the gate fight and then the mahachev dariush winner i mean it's very hard for me to say dustin's going to be back here in a year so unless a really crazy turn of events happens so i still like him 
in a bunch of fights. I think that he is certainly capable of beating any one of those guys on any given night. But when you talk about a win streak, that's probably going to be the real, the crucible. Like if you can actually put two or three together, absolutely. He's still a very popular guy. He could fight for the title again. But we know how hard it is to get there at this stage of the game against these players in the division. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I had I had thoughts about Dustin's future as he slumped to the ground, you know, after he tapped. He was just sitting there, and, you know, I'm thinking, man, I don't know if you're going to get another title shot again anytime soon. You know, yeah, there's he's Dustin Poirier. He's still a top-five fighter. But I'm thinking how it must feel for him. You know, he got the interim belt. Then he fought Khabib, didn't win. Uh, and then... And then now his second shot at the title, and he doesn't get it again. So frustrating, and you know, you know he is still at the top. There is a chance for him to get another shot, but it's like the climb to have to make that climb again. That's got to be pretty disheartening. And so you have to decide how bad do you really want it. Are you happy with the career you've had? You made money with Connor. You know, what do you want to do? going forward and I think if I'm him I'm thinking I'm gonna really take my time and think about my future now not discounting him at all but like to make that climb two times almost three if you count the interim one that's a lot that's a lot to to take on and and uh that's just where I leave it I just feel like he's got to think and and that's it yeah I don't think that he's done by any means but you know I think right about now is where he looks at it's like what what is your route and how committed are you to it because like you yeah. said it's really tough but once again i like a lot of fights still at lightweight for him i think mm-hmm. he's still a very real threat any given night against any of these elite guys too so we'll go from there for that um obviously you know great year for dustin all the same um certainly still one of the most popular fighters on the roster right now um belt or no belt uh charles Oliveira. I want to shout out the fact um, 10 fight win streak now and just these last three or four, I mean, Tony Ferguson. And I know, imagine if he was the one who took out Tony um, in Florida instead of Gaethje, just how big that win. I, I feel like that win doesn't get enough credit, but you know, that one, the Tony Ferguson win, you take out another one of these big five and Michael Chandler. You take out probably, you know, a lot of people saw him as the, you know, the incumbent in uh-huh. Dustin Poirier. And then just a body of work to get there, all-time leader in submissions. I mean, I get it, Habib is Habib, but Charles Oliveira adds Justin Gaethje to his resume. It's really hard to argue with the way he's been doing this. And yeah. by the way, I, I want to say, did Habib get Dustin in round three or four? Oh, geez. I thought it was four. I mean, you're you're talking about he's outperforming some of these, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's a special thing we're watching. Um, He's certainly better late than never hitting his stride. And I think that's one of the, you know, biggest storylines of 2021. Um, And now we have Justin Gaethje right Mm -hmm. there. Um, Justin... Similar attributes to Dustin, just great hands, multifaceted, very tough, very durable. But the way he uses his weapons is just very bluntly different. I think that he certainly saw a lot of information out there, cage side. He sees a lot of openings, I think, for his own calf kicks. We know he's got wrestling um he's just so efficient with his use of his energy this is another fun fight and i gotta say for charles you know to beat a guy like gaethje you need a guy who is as talented as Oliveira. but i think that he's up to the task which makes it once again it's another great matchup with two versatile athletes out there for all the marbles which i think is great yeah absolutely uh, I have one uh, side uh, related, but not you know fight related comment to make or question to ask. Since you were there, mm-hmm. did Charles Oliveira get his glasses back? Yes, okay. UFC security <laughs> did get those for okay, him. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, 
as someone who basically was born with eyeglasses, uh, I take that very seriously. And I also think it's hilarious that someone who's an MMA fighter, like, like what does he see when he's in the cage? Because his glasses look pretty thick. And so what level of, of clarity does he have in the cage? I've always wondered for him, Roxanne Modafferi, uh, who used to wear glasses walking out? Johnny Hendricks, I think, <laughs> used to wear glasses. That always blows me away, man, when they come out with glasses, take them off, and get in the cage. I'm like, hey, like, can you see what's Is going on over blurry? here? I mean, I don't think they're prescribed. Were, were they his clear glasses? I they thought were they were his clear glasses, bro, and they look thick. They look a little Coke bottle to me, but uh, hey, you were there. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe he likes to that sophisticated look after. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm so glad he got him back. I was really like, I gasped, gasped when someone snatched them off his face. Hey, would you punch a man with glasses? <laughs> no, but I would punch a man who took my glasses if I could see him. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, uh, Justin Gaethje, what do you think? Um, first off, I would say I, as much as I would love to just see them keep this train rolling and just build the heat, uh, you know, just capitalize while it's hot. I feel like we're probably looking at a 4th of July kind of fight. Yeah, yeah, I think the Oliveira is going to want, you know, to enjoy his holidays and his victory and just reset a little bit. Gaethje's not far behind him coming off a big fight where he, you know, he got damaged too. And so, yeah, I think I think they're probably both going to be happy to do July. That's perfect. Yeah, I think for that level of fight, look where Charles is at, look where Justin is at. Like I said, great television when we get there. Yeah. Co-main event. <laughs> My lord. Holy moly. I watched this unfold and I I literally, I don't know how... It's not like crazy stuff doesn't happen every day with this, especially in the game, right? But I'm watching that second round unfold and for the life of me, I don't... The only way I can explain it, I believe Amanda Nunes went full Cody Garbrandt. She got hit, and the game plan, and the movement, and all those things called strategy just seemed to go out the window, and she just decided, we're gonna bang. Like, she got hit, and I felt like the ego, she saw the red, she saw the fire, and that was the only explanation I could have. She was cracking Pena, too, but my goodness, she just was not getting, she was hurt. I don't think that those shots were the same as they would have been in round one. And quite bluntly, she was not getting that clean connection of fist to face. Uh She was getting close. She hit her with a few of them. There was not the full steam behind any of those shots. And quite bluntly, I felt like Nunez was out grappling Pena in the first round too. So the fact that, you know, she kind of seemed to get more of her legs under her and was still going to the well you know just going all in trying to land a bomb that was shocking to me and you know credit to Pena she outlasted her she hit her with a few Nunez goes down Uh, we could talk about the finish in a second but just we know what happened historic upset we'll talk about that just what were your thoughts watching that fight unfold dude it was crazy because I was watching, you know, I'd been watching the embedded, and to me, Nunez seemed her normal self. Her demeanor was, you know, confident at the press conference, confident, like she almost, you know, has a little smirk because she knows she's so much better than everyone. When I saw her walking out, and I can always tell, I saw it with Connor, I saw it with Ron, like I can always tell when these big names, when they come out, and you, you're so used to seeing the look in their eyes, you know what it looks like when they're going to come out and kill, and she just looked ill. I thought, I actually, I was like, did she just, like, she have food poisoning? Like, she, she looked sick. I thought, was she crying? Like, there was something off in her face. And and to me, she came out the gate just um, out of it. You know, she says at the, at the in the interview with Joe Rogan, there was some issues or something that I thought I fixed, but they showed up again today. I think, I missed her interview, her post-fight, so you can tell me if she already explained. I think she had an injury. Because her, her punches, you know, she's so good at extending her punches all the way out, almost like Dalsam, you know, from Street Fighter. Just long rubber band arms. She didn't have any of that last night. She had her arms closed, short punches. And, and it, you know, I was just 
hooked on watching her because I was like, this is not the Amanda Nunes that we've seen become the GOAT that's defeated all these great legends and people that are trying to become legends that like was kind of like laughing her way through beating Megan Anderson. Like this woman was not there last night. So that's not to take away from Amanda, from Juliana Pena though, because it's like, if you can't fight like a champ, then you're not going to be the champ. She didn't fight like a champ. Juliana Pena was there. And what's interesting about Pena to me is I still see her as sort of a little bit rough around the edges, unrefined compared to Nunes, Irene Aldana, Holly Holm, like the striking. Hers is still a little bit wild. It's like a, you know, a decade behind, right, where she swings her arms a little bit. But last night, that style worked perfectly against a Nunes who was, as she said, checked out. That style worked perfectly because Pena didn't have any fear. Pena was just charging forward. And at some point, Nunes was just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, I'm going to ask you if you had a better view or if you have you know, insight by being there. The, the arm, the choke that Pena put on Nunes, I didn't even see it fully like sink in. It looked like as soon as Pena got her arm around the face, Nunes tapped. Do you know like how deep that choke was? It seems super fast. Is it just me who thought that, or what was the scuttlebutt around town? She did not uh, speak to us backstage, so mm-hmm. her only comments were the ones with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, if I had to put my finger on it, I'd say almost exactly like with Jan Blahovich. I just had some water and I'm hip- hiccuping, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I think it had to be something along those lines. I think that she was hurt. I think that... uh. She knew the fight was over and lived to fight another day. Only she knows is like where her head was actually at. Yeah. Like, and it's easy to say, well, how are you going to quit like that? It's like, if I'm telling the hands to move and get up and I realize I'm still sitting there, that's what, that's how that happens. You know, sometimes your body, you know, starts to shut down for you. I don't know. I mean... There were a couple times, you know, I I don't think that Amanda was clear-headed after some of the shots she took, but uh, that's the only thing I could think of, um, was that she just knew that the battle was over, and uh, look, Pena took it, why are you gonna do that, you know, she didn't want to go to sleep in front of her wife and daughter. Yeah, yeah. Just call it a day. Um, If you know you're hurt, your body isn't fighting back anymore, I think that, that has, that is... In my mind, what happened? And once again, yeah. that's full credit to Pena. She got to that position and she got the job done. She heard Amanda to get there. And yeah, you know, injury, I don't know. If it was the perfect storm of the layoff, is there a bit of that mental letdown? Like, did you, was someone spiking your energy drinks with your own Kool-Aid, so to speak? Do you follow my metaphor? Yeah, uh-huh. The hype? It could have been like that perfect recipe of all of those little things because Amanda physically, she looked like she did the work, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and stylistically everyone going in. Well, if Pena does this, she shocks her with something like she did in the second round and gets it to the ground. I mean, I'm sorry, but how rich did you get if you said, oh, I'm going to bet on Pena second round? (laughs) Well, I mean, technically she got the sub, but. Yeah. You know where I'm going with it. Who yeah, thought my she was other theory was Nunes bet on Pena, and that's why that's why she tapped so fast. I mean, that would be genius, no? <laughs> well, no. Hey, no. How much money you get if you bet on Pena to knock out Nunes in the second round, if that's how it would have ended? Yeah. Which we all thought probably was going to happen at some point in there, right? That was crazy, um, dude. Crazy. I mean, what was the energy like in the... I, I mean, sometimes you're in the back, sometimes you're in the front. So wherever you were, well, to, people must have been losing their minds. Last night, I was in the back the whole time. Um, I was a little... Uh, we were in, like, disbelief. We were just yeah. like... I think there was... I'll be honest. It did not feel as earth... It, nowhere near as earth-stopping as Holly Ronda. Right, right. Of course, yeah. But I think there was just more disbelief. Like, wow, that really happened. But I will say the emotion, the disbelief, the buzz was not the same for uh, Nunez, for Pena winning. So that's where I'm at um, with it. Um, Pena, Nunez too, easily whenever Nunez wants it, if that's what she does. 
whatever Pena wants it too, right? I mean, if I'm Pena, I, I go beat somebody else first and then do Nunez just so I can get a little championship money. That's uh, fair. You know, before, before, because I was telling my husband, I was like, okay, clearly like Nunez was not her goat self. Again, not taking away from Pena because you got to fight like a champ to, to keep the belt. She didn't. She lost it. Okay. But you know, when this rematch comes, Nunez is going to make short work uh, uh, or do her best to make short work of, of Pena. And uh, so so that's why I say if I'm Pena, let's go fight, uh, you know, I don't know, Iran Eldana, Holly Holm, whoever, Jermaine, Jermaine Duran to me, maybe if you want revenge, okay, but mm, <laughs> you got to pick your opponent wisely on this one. I heard... Did you? Yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'll have a different uh, Last point. comment was going to say, I was going to say is, you know, I wasn't coming into this a, a huge Juliana Pena fan, but just, you know, if you're just the outsider looking in and you're seeing someone do something grand like this, it was kind of sweet to see her reaction. She didn't scream or celebrate or anything at first. She was stunned. She didn't really know what happened. Um, and I don't know if that's because the, the tap came so quickly or she just... just other, she other said things. the disbelief came from the fact that she didn't know, like... Uh, like she had to ask the official, like, did she yeah. tap? Like, why are you calling it? Like, no, she tapped. You, you, you did this. Yeah, because she tapped the canvas, right? So I guess Nuna Pena yeah. didn't feel anything. And exactly. I mean, that was pretty sweet, you know. And uh, I guess she, she's the mom champ now, and uh, you know. I, I had some feelings about that. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, look, I, I know there's some differing opinions. I felt like that was a bit of a. A cheap and a low blow in the post-fight press conference. Um, oh, what happened? I missed I missed that. Uh, you know, quite simply, Juliana said, you know, no disrespect because I'm sure Amanda is a great mother, but I actually gave birth to my child, so oh, I think no. I should be considered the first mom champ. Oh, no. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't know about that. That's not why I said that. <laughs> uh, so I was a little, Oof. I mean... That's not cool, man. Just, yeah, that, that, cool. yeah, I'm not... I mean, if you got two cents, there's a lot of reasons why a lot of women don't carry and deliver their own children that they love and handle. So I yeah, think man. in any way to... I felt like that was just not cool. That's ignorant uh, and, and not cool, bro. But yeah, yeah. okay. And, and look, I mean, do I think that she's someone who has a level of... Uh, like, this, you know... Phobic in, uh, in any form? No, I, I want to make that clear. I don't think that she's that kind of person. I think that she was speaking her mind a little bit. I, I don't agree with her opinion. I think that it's a little. I think I don't know. I didn't like it. I'll just say that. Do I think it's she's ignorant. phobic? It's ignorant. It's yeah, ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I mean, I'll tell you what. The press conference got done. She stood up. Take photos and her little girl i don't know if they hear it on the broadcast like if you watch our videos but her little girl says mommy what are you doing and it's like that's cute that's adorable (laughs) absolutely love it too but that comes two minutes after she made that comment and i'm like "Eh." yeah yeah a lot of emotions you know yeah but look i mean i don't know like i said does it feel as i'll say this it's more impressive no, because we know Amanda's level. Maybe we didn't know that when Rhonda got upset by Holly. But I'll say it. I mean, you're talking about the woman who knocked out both Rhonda and Holly getting upset like this, you know? And Cyborg. And Cyborg. I mean, yeah. And Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, well, twice. <laughs> twice. She beat her once for sure. Say but it anyway, twice. You're right. Like, this is yeah. Amanda Nunes who, like, this is undeniably the greatest of all time, you know, if we're just, if we're going, if we're dividing genders, right? So a female fighter, yeah, the greatest of all time female fighter. We know exactly what she's capable of. The excellent boxing, the ground game, the power, like, yep. we know who she is. So, so again, not trying to take away from Pena, but like that woman was not in the cage last night. Okay. So on that note, um, because I know we have a, quite a few things and I want us to let them breathe too and marinate, I will say, and, and I think um, someone told me this, and I think it might have been you, uh, when Max Holloway first lost to Volkanovski and we were like, well, 
I think that Volkanovsky's next fight should be Max. I don't know if Max's next fight should be Volkanovsky. Yeah. And I had to think about that, and I was like, you're not wrong. And I will say this. If Nunes wants a break of any kind, if I'm Holly... By the way, Holly Holm might be the big winner. Because all <laughs> this we talked about, 145 and all that. I'm sorry, but if you're Holly Holm, who has the win over Irena Aldana... I want a piece of this. Oh, yeah. Nunes doesn't want to run it back. I am ready. ready. Irene Aldana's looking good. Ketlin Vieira, yep. looking good. Um, the, the, if there's no immediate rematch, you got people waiting and been hungry for a moment just like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, even Misha. I was, my first thought was actually all of those people obviously are higher ranked than Misha Tate. But I was like, if I'm Misha Tate, I'm like, oh, this is good. I know they're friends and stuff. But I was like, this is great news. If Julia Pena stays the champ, like she has a way better chance of beating Pena than she does Nunez. So, in any case, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will say like, and once again, uh, you look at that record. The numbers don't tell the whole story of just how epic that is. But it's like, I mean, I guess technically they do. You put Nunez's record, you put Pena's record, right next to each other. You knew who was gonna win that fight, and the opposite happened. Yeah. That's why you get. That's why they fight the fights, as they say. Yep. Um, to talk about some of the stuff on the undercard, uh, Sean O'Malley did Sean O'Malley things. Um, <laughs> he did. I don't. Uh, it is so tough to match him anymore. I'll be honest, because it's like all this with the money and the fights. It's like I don't know. I, I almost feel like they don't want to give him Yanez. Because they like Adrian Yanez too, who's been on a great run. And it's like, they never want to burn their prospects unless they have to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they see good things for Adrian and obviously for Sean that I don't know if he gets that fight. And I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that. If you have someone you think is great for him next, let me know. Because anymore, I'm not really sure. Well, I think they need to move him up, you know. Like, give him a real challenge. No, um, not a real challenge. Like, not that Hollyan wasn't. But, like, okay. Like, I mean, he, he went up against someone who was, I think, his toughest challenge, Cheeto Vera, and he lost. Let's do more of that. Like, let's let's really test him. Because I don't think that you need to... I think he's he's out of the, the prospect rookie, you know, field. Like, he's in there now. And he's a big name. He's fought a lot. He's, you know, has strong finishes, this, you know, great brand that the UFC can capitalize on. Like, I think they got to put him out there more. Put him in the fire. Give him a big, give him a big fight. Um, yeah, I don't want to see any, you know, unranked uh, stuff anymore. Like, let's just throw the man to the fire and see what he does. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I'm trying to look at it. Um, I was going to say a Sun Tso hasn't fought since the fight with... Cody Garbrandt last year, and he took mm-hmm. the KO. I thought he had bounced back, to be honest. Um, I'm looking at it. I'm not going to go out there and say uh, Aldo, none of that no. stuff. I don't think it's going to be. Maybe. What do you think about Rob Font? Did he just, he just fought, Yeah, right? he just fought he just Aldo. Fought. Yeah, that's right. Coming off fought. an L, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... That's a good one. I you know, honestly, because of the size, I was thinking Corey Sanhagen, but I don't know. That's too much. <laughs> I feel like just a, yeah. I know Corey's technically on the two fight skid, but I still think that's a little too far of a jump. I look at Marlon Moraes. I feel like Marlon needs to rebuild too. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Asunso. Same thing for Frankie. I feel like Song yeah, those. Song Yadong and. Sean wouldn't make sense, so I think Rob Font. I think that if we're at that point, then Rob stylistically is a great opponent, solid, vet, maybe not the most athletically intimidating guy for Sean. Um, I mean, look, if we're really talking real, Marab, uh, yeah, Marab Dvalishvili, I feel like that's a perfect one. I mean, just bold you know just brick house of a wrestler mm-hmm. i mean test that part of his game but i think the, you know, they might go rob font to be honest yeah i mean i can't i can't argue with that rob and yeah thinking about Marab's build and stuff that could be an interesting fight 
I kind of like Marlon Marais, but but he's uh, when did he last fight? Now that was the war with Marab over the summer. Remember? Oh, yeah, and he yeah, he got yeah. stopped. He got yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, I mean, uh, Frankie Edgar, the, a couple of those guys who mm. would make sense as vets, they kind of they're on the they're too far on a downswing. Yeah, yeah. So interesting predicament we have. Mm. Uh, bam, bam, Taitu Ivasa. <laughs> My word, every time. It's always something, I mean. He's a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, and his his words, not mine. <laughs> that, you know what? Of the Ninja Turtles, he is the Michelangelo. <laughs> Kicks butt in martial arts and party animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that. Great finish. Where does he go from here? I don't know. I don't care, but I want to watch it. Um... I wouldn't mind the winner of Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins that we'll talk about. I think that that kind of makes a lot of sense right about now. What about you? Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins winner. Yeah, look, where's Ty? I'm trying to see where he is on the rankings here. Uh, I don't think they actually have him high, to be honest. Why don't I not say I can't uh, find his name? Is... Oh, wait, I'm looking in the wrong division. Sorry. Um... I don't think he's even on. Wait, is he on them? He's not. He's on here. I don't see him on here. I find that shocking. Yeah, you know, he had like lost. He, he, you know, he had the the burst, the surge, and then he kind of lost a few right, and then he beat Greg Hardy. That was the big one that got him back. And was yeah, he man, on an he, L coming into the Hardy fight? I think he did. Okay. All right. All right. That's fair then. All right. Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but. Well, no, I don't. I mean, look, for his sake, they should build him up slowly, rebuild him slowly. But he's so fun and so exciting, and I feel like he's finally in his groove. The way he, you know, that first round, the way it ended, where he was getting he was getting some shots, and he came out in the second round. It's like he just like quadrupled his power. He was just like, I- I'm ready to go home, and I'm ready to do my shoey. And he just came out, and he just like blitzed him. So, you know, he's he's got it in him. You know, what I'm trying to say is he's more skilled and talented than his rankings <laughs> give him credit for. So I think he is ready to go up a, a, a big a big couple of jumps here, but I just don't know who would be the right opponent. I feel um, so. Sakai was number eleven. 11 you got to think yeah. Ty might jump in there. Uh, Marcin Taibura. He's coming off the loss to Volkov, but he's still uh, been on a good run. Yeah. I feel like that's a good. I just feel like that's a good jump. I feel like everybody else is kind of on the d- too far of a downswing. That I feel like that would be a really good one for him. So. I like it. I know. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, seven Chris, Chris Dawkins. I was like, where's Chris Dawkins? I know they put him in here somewhere. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta think. I think the tie gets there, plain and simple. You know. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Tony Kelly. Uh, talked to him leading up to the fight. Great performance. Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, great performance over a very tough girl in Miranda Maverick, who I also yeah. spoke to, and uh, just good stuff all around. Jeff Neal looked good. Dominic Cruz. That man man is like red wine. I don't know how he does it, but he does. And I got to say, I apologize for inadvertently ending his and Daniel Cormier's friendship. Oh, was that your fault? Did you ask the question? Yes. (gasps) I didn't know he was going to say that. That was you? Yes, I know. I just read the, I read the, like I read the the report, right? And so I... I I just mute DC's commentary and I don't know how many tweets, oh. how many articles I read that just ran with it. And I'm like, oops. What was your exact question to him? I literally asked him as a commentator, what's it like to listen to the guys commentate your fights when you know what that process is like yourself? Oh, wow. And I thought he'd say, ah, it's all good. And instead he's like, I admire John Annick so much. And then he's like, and I mute DC. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> and next thing I know, and I'm like, I, I, I didn't know how to phrase it. I was, I didn't want to say, I'm sorry I asked you that because that was your fault, dude. But yeah, it's like, Dom, I, I apologize for ending you and DC's friendship. <laughs> Like, I didn't know I knocked over the domino that would bring down the house. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, My I was life, like, indeed. Watching the fight, I was like, is DC going to say anything? 
<laughs> oh my god, we were doing a scrum, so like you could watch the fight. DC didn't say anything, but also um, I knew he would have said something because we get the stuff when they're on commercial backstage. Uh-huh. So they're narrating Dominic Cruz's walkout, like they do the pay per view portion. Yes, yes, but okay. Because okay. the prelims, they do commercials. So right. we missed anything that DC might have been saying about that. So I see. Yeah. So I'm hoping they have a replay somewhere where we could watch that and be entertained. But <laughs> sorry, Damn, guys. That was but you, the, bro. I know it's they're all good. But in the moment, I was like, well, I didn't see that coming when I asked that one. <laughs> but that's okay. when you know it was good. Good question. Sometimes, you have a knack for good questions, my man. Thank you. Every now and then you get... Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I think yeah. that was one of them. Anyway. Uh, Kayla Harrison. I mean, they showed her on the pay-per-view. They, You know, she's flexing and playing it up. Remember, last time they didn't care that she was right there in New mm. York. Yeah. This time she's got a nice fancy lower third, just like a UFC fighter. <laughs> I mean, and I gotta say, I spoke to Kayla at the World MMA Awards, and she very, uh, you know, diplomatically let me know she's still a free agent, but I don't know, Natalie. I mean, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that question, the interview that, okay, here's what I want to know, really. Good. How long did you, when, how did you think of, of asking her about free agency in that really clever, creative way? And did you have to rehearse it? Because you, you delivered it smooth like butter, man. You know, hey, I'm watching a show called Free Agency. And, uh, you know, this character Layla is, is uh, you know, <laughs> dating other guys named UFC and Belter. Did you rehearse that or were you just like, you just yeah, did it? I think I saw a commercial for one of them, like The Bachelorette or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be so funny. And then I, I just kind of started like, if I were to ask that, how would you do it? And then I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, very you know just very cheekily it's like oh yeah it's about this girl named Layla and she's a mom and she loves Harry Potter just like you do (laughs) you know and then honestly the ideas just started rolling and I was like yeah I could keep track of all that go for it and uh you know I I think uh, Kayla got a really good kick out of it and um I appreciated it because I know everyone and their mom was asking and I do feel like she genuinely felt like she wanted to give me that enthusiasm back with her answer. Yeah, she 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 definitely liked the the uh, the angle that you presented her with, and like I almost feel like she gave you an answer. Like, did she break news with you? Like, it seemed to me that she's gonna stay with her boyfriend PFL. I don't know. I don't know, because Dana at the press conference, he's like, look, I mean, the Amanda and Kayla fight would have been huge and Mm -hmm. this and that. And I'm like, "Uh, Dana, you don't talk about that being huge unless they're on your roster. Yep. And I asked him and he was like, we're talking. We're serious. And I was like, oh, so I was like, I I was about to say, when I saw all that, I'm like, Something tells me that uh, Kayla Harrison is about to be announcing, you know, she's about to change that Facebook relationship status. Yeah, man. You know, she's such a great asset to any promotion because she's so charming. She's so charismatic. She's great on TV. She's super intelligent. And then she's a kick-ass fighter who's just growing. She has the Olympic pedigree. Like, this is a package unlike anyone has ever had in a promotion. Because even if you look at Henry Cejudo... You look at Clarissa Shields, great accomplishment. You know, obviously Ronda Rousey, but like she puts it all together, all of it. If the UFC has her, or whoever has her, you know, to capitalize on her her skills on the mic, her skills in the cage, her, uh, you know, she can be an ambassador. The reach she has can have with children, like it's just gold, 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 man. Like uh, I like hearing Dana White saying, you know, we're we're working on it because. That's the smartest move for them is to get her. Yeah, I think that, um, I, I mean, I feel like that's just all science pointing, which we talk about this every week, so I'll end it now. But we probably didn't think this was where it was going about two weeks ago, right? So uh, I think good things are coming. Oh, I see yeah. many more interviews coming. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, let's talk about some uh, breaking news. This one, very easy, but obviously it's the biggest matchup to be announced in a while. Uh, Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion, looking to defend against former king Robert Whitaker. That one, 
there seems to be some controversy. Adesanya tweets out that, you know, once again, the cap said, like, uh, I didn't sign paperwork on the Whitaker rematch. Dana turns to Hunter Campbell at the press conference and Hunter Campbell does say explicitly, we have a signed bout agreement for Adesanya to fight Whitaker. Now, if I may be frank, that language did make me ask one question. Is that bout agreement for February 12th? Because I feel like there's levels of paperwork that could say I am fighting him next. As a, and there could be paperwork that says I am fighting XYZ on XYZ. That did raise some questions, to be fair. And Dana did say, well, if that's not official, I guess we'll find another fight. I don't know. All I know is that I will put my money that those are actually the guys we will see in February. What about you? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I hate it when the fighters come out and say... Oh, no, no, that's not true. I didn't agree to anything. It's like, come on, guys. Like, because you get excited for five seconds and then they come out and, and shut it down. I'm going to go ahead and believe uh, the UFC on this one. And, and yeah, I think this is happening. Loki, uh, they didn't talk about it. It went under the radar. But apparently the same thing happened with Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler. Like, they announced the fight, but somehow everything actually got finished like two weeks out. And I'm like, seriously? So it's like, I don't know. Uh, but the fact is, it's not like they started training two weeks out. Obviously, there was a lot in motion. But yeah, that that was just food for thought. But I do firmly expect both of them to fight in February. I think that it'll be good for the press conference and media days. But at the end, it's a non-starter, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, top contender Sean Strickland, who's on a roll, takes on Jack Hermanson February 5th. So the Saturday before uh, Adesanya Whitaker. Uh, you know what? I just like that they're keeping Sean the train moving. I was a little surprised that he didn't get... Um, I just thought they would make the fight with Marvin Vittori. And I don't know if it's just a matter of if Adesanya defends... You don't want to burn Strickland as a title challenger, you know, because obviously they're not going to do Adesanya Vittori 3 anytime soon. So that's just my one thing about that matchup. I felt like it was, I expected someone else for Sean, but talking about striker versus a solid grappler, I'm with it. What about you? Yeah, I got I got no complaints here. I mean, Jack Hermanson's fun to watch. Uh, Sean Strickland, like, coming up, I was... Kind of looking forward to the Luke Rockhold fight, mostly to see where Luke Rockhold is these days, as far as you know, uh, abilities and all that and stuff. So, but you know, I like Sean Strickland. He's exciting. He, uh, I, I can't complain here. This is like, okay, cool. I'll watch this. Not for nothing. What will that man say next? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, next topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Amblahovich Rockage fight, not to talk about the matchup, we already said we're good with it, but Columbus, Ohio, that's breaking news. So we all thought that was probably going to be another Apex show, but that is their, you know, of a handful of fight nights in the United States, that is a brand new location since the pandemic. And really also, they're kicking it off in January. They're returning to California for the first time in about a year and a half. All of this together, when you look at March, they really want to do the week before in London. You talk about they're probably going to do uh, early March Vegas pay-per-view, then Columbus, Ohio. I mean, that is about as close to a quote-unquote normal for the UFC that we've seen since uh, early 2020, when they were going literally one week Vegas, next week Brazil. Yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts? I, I'm thinking like, you know, the UFC has been given the middle finger to COVID since almost the beginning. And they said, you know, F you to Delta. Now they're saying it's Omicron. Like they're just not letting any of these variants get in the way. They're just pushing forward. And like, I love it. I'm just happy to see somebody continuing, you know, an organization, UFC, just continue to just, you know, climb their way back to business as usual. It's, what we all need i mean you know obviously other other uh sports are doing their version of that but like i'm just really happy that yeah when i saw that i was like oh 
we're not in Vegas. <laughs> this is great. Or Florida. This is amazing. You know, obviously with uh, everything travel, I mean, I think we've come to learn that this is not set in stone. But I think <laughs> Dana is literally like, you know what? If it's not here, I have all the pieces to get the car rolling in Vegas at the drop of a hat. So I think yeah. he's just like, I got people who can change flights in less than 30 minutes. If whatever happens, I'm good. Like the guy with his ocean spray on the longboard yep. on TikTok. Listening he, to Stevie Nicks to Fleetwood he, Mac. Yeah. Yep. He's, I'm chill, bro. Dogface45, I think is his name or something. Did you see the World MMA Awards? I didn't. I did not. Check it out on ESPN Plus. He um, <clears throat> uh, dropped the bag. But uh, yeah, you'll see it. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, good news. I think that uh, I'm interested. Just w- what are they going to roll out for April? It, you notice they kind of stopped it in March with their breaking news. So I'm assuming as we get to January, a lot more dominoes are going to fall and possibly exploring other locations. Um, Natalie, it is a double fight night. It's going to be a head-to-head Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Let's start with the MMA of MMA Daily. Uh, heavyweight <laughs> fight. The former title challenger. Former interim title challenger. Actually, no. He's fought for them both. I apologize. It's been a long trip. Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. Taking on Chris Dawkins, who's on a good win streak right now. And is coming off the knockout of Shamil Abdurakimov. There's a lot to like about this matchup. But I'm going to toss it to you. Uh, ladies first. What do you think of the fight? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah, um, this is like, okay, you know, Derek Lewis didn't do so well against Cyril Gaon, but Cyril Gaon is also, you know... We, Cyril we, Gaon. Cyril Gaon, yeah. I would say we, we've come to find out he's really, really good, really slick, and moves so well for a heavyweight. And it's not usually what you see in, you know, heavyweight fights. You, you watch a heavyweight fight for the big overhand knockouts. And, uh, we, you know, Stipe was... was you know, is more of a, a slick, lighter, light-footed fighter like Cyril Gaon, but Derek Lewis and Chris Dacus, this is like old-school heavyweight fighting, right? This is what you want to see. So I'm excited for that. I'd like to see Derek Lewis, you know, get his his confidence back, get that momentum swinging back and positive momentum in his direction because, you know, he was really disappointed after his performance against Cyril Gaon. And Chris Dacus, like, you know, just an exciting guy, and and uh, I kept getting confused in my head with Kyle and Chris, and then I finally put two and two together, you know, finally re- remember that they're brothers, right? So I was like, okay. And Kyle's an 85-er. Yes, yeah. yes, of course, yes. And um, so in any case, you know, that's pretty cool too, right? You got your brother in the, in the UFC with you. All that is to say, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I'm also excited to see Wonder Boy, one of my favorite fighters, so... Uh, as a side note there, that's going to be a pretty thrilling uh, co-main uh, for me. Oh, yeah. With Bilal Muhammad. That's another mm-hmm. good fight. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, Chris Dawkins is very underrated on the microphone. Um, I loved his whole angle. He tried to pitch for a fight with Stipe. And he's like, you know, we could do the police and fire games in the octagon, you know, because <laughs> right. Chris, you know, police officer, Stipe, the firefighter. And I asked him, you know, and then he's like, oh, I mean, usually we whoop their butt at the police and fire games the policemen do because the <laughs> firemen are all just sitting around in their firehouse. And I was like, They're oh, my waiting. God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in good fun, I could mm-hmm. tell this is a man who respects his fellow first responder for the work he does. But, you know, you're trying to make a fight happen. So he said, if you think I'm wrong, let's let's settle it, bro. So I, I appreciated Chris's approach. Um, I think you saw in the Shamil fight, uh, stylistically will match up well with Derek. I think that the biggest thing is that um, for Chris, I don't know if he's got that stopping power you really need or the movement you really need to have a very easy night against Derek. And, you know, like, look, you got a guy like DC who's handled it. You've got a fast technician like Cyril. It's not impossible to shut down the beast. I don't know if Chris has a little bit of that athletic gifts that you need to really make that easier. I think that it's a long fight for him if he can't get rolling early. And then with the Beast, you obviously know uh, he's dangerous up until minute 14, you know, 
fourteen fifty of a three rounder. Right. And it's still probably I, I'll assume we haven't really seen him have to use it in a five rounder, but I'll assume he still hurts back in like minute twenty four. So I think that this is a good fight. I think it's a tough one for Chris, but speed will favor Mr. Dawkus. Most other attributes outside of speed will fall to the the Black Beast. I think that he's just really got to push the issue a little bit. And I do think that he could get the job done. It's going to be a bit of a slow burn. I don't know if he'll get Chris out of there quick. But I do think the damage will accumulate eventually for Derek. And so yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go like third round TKO. I think that Derek is going to need to catch up to Chris a little bit early before he starts really hurting him a bit. What about you? Well, I hate to tell you, but we're on the same page here. I was thinking a uh, third round TKO for Derek Lewis too. Um, yeah, you know, Derek Lewis is surprisingly athletic. Like we kind of just think of it. Well, maybe people don't, but I still kind of think of him as like, you know, kind of awkward foot movement and then like throws a big overhand. But every once in a while he throws like a fly knee, some crazy kick. So, and he actually has, he's pretty agile. So um, all that is to say that, you know, he's not, completely out you know outgunned here in the speed athleticism department and then on top of that he's got that power and the 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 chin to to go with it so yeah i think he's gonna do his best to stay out of trouble at the beginning it may not be the most exciting first round second round but once he gets that space that opening i do see him finishing docus in uh, in round three as well tko and there we have it. Like I said, a good co-main and not for nothing, last UFC event of the year. And I know that for a lot of people, the year ended last night, but this is still <laughs> too, you know, that little two pack uh, at the top of this one, completely nice and good set of fights. So we'll have plenty to recap on. We'll be coming up on the holiday episode. So good stuff there, as always. Uh, Natalie, uh, I couldn't let you go without talking about this guy. I mean, Jake Paul, he was finally set to face Mr. Tommy Fury, younger brother of superstar Tyson Fury, who'd been knocking out Deontay Wilder. And you thought Tommy, you know, freaking more muscles than a men's health catalog. And what happened? So first off, I'd like to ask you, because, um... I opened my phone on Monday and I was just like, wait, what? And mm-hmm. I just read, you know, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley too. And I was like, well, that would, uh, that's obviously like, yeah, what's it called? Like, oh, rebooked Nganu Lewis. And it's like, oh, someone's messing around. And then I see, you know, a verified account, ESPN ringside. And I'm like, wait, what? And, and here we go again. What are your thoughts? Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's like, is it April? I mean, what's going on here? Um, what? That was my first reaction. The, you know, Jake Paul, the Tommy Fury, you know, pulling out was, yeah, that's one thing. Like, oh, okay, well, that's 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 too bad, I guess. But then, like, you immediately booking Tyron Woodley, too. Oh, man. Is this a pay-per-view still? Like, what? Showtime what? pay-per-view. Oh, jeez. Because, like, uh, I I want to watch it only because I'm really hoping that Tyron Woodley can finally put it together and knock somebody out again, specifically Jake Paul. Like, just do it, man. You have it in you. No fear. Just juke him and knock him out, and you can burn that tattoo off your finger. Like... <laughs> What's gonna happen if he loses? Is there another tattoo bet? Like, what's the what's the hook here if he loses to Jake Paul again? I mean, the I don't know if he'll ever be able to get on social media again. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, my thing about it is, um, I, I mean, for Tyron, I this shouldn't be how it is because you should always look to fight smart, right? I think that's fair. If he has anywhere near a similar type of performance, regardless of the fact that it's short notice, which is should be considered, regardless of the fact that he is the smaller guy and you shouldn't be trying to bang with someone and make reckless mistakes, 
That is a big deal. But the fact is, after all the build-up that you've put into this, if you have anything close to the same thing happen to you again, I really don't know how you let that one down. Yeah, and that's not can. fair. Yeah. But we all know, after all the talk, how we would feel if literally the exact same thing happens, which already some people have predicted. Um, to put it uh, fairly and nicely, you... I mean, if Tyron Woodley just doesn't go balls to the wall, I mean, you are smaller, you are the athlete, you know, you are the one with all the experience. If you do not do something, start from the beginning with a sense of urgency, I really don't know what to tell you. Because I think we all saw that patience and trying to counter-strike, Jake Paul is respectfully too big and, I'll say it, too skilled to just... Oh, you're going to hit him one punch, two punches as the smaller guy and get him out of there. I think that, you know, quite bluntly, that's the one. And I said it, the last fight. I If there's one thing that shocked me and that impressed me, it's the fact that Tyre, sorry, that Jake Paul is good enough that he overcame a better fighter, uh, you know, just pretty much with his size uh, advantage. Yeah. You know, because Tyron Woodley... Much better striker. On a technical level, you know if they're the same size, Tyron Woodley really would have done more damage with every little move. Mm -hmm. But Jake Paul, the fact that his skills are enough that you can't just be better, you also have to be closer to his size to get the W. I was very impressed by that. Which once again leads into it. Jake Paul's had a full camp. Jake Paul was preparing for Tommy Fury. Um... Now there's all this nonsense, half a million if Tyron knocks him out, and they've apparently signed paperwork for this. All I'm going to say about it is that it's on a Saturday. You know you're going to see it. You want to know that he didn't, you know, if you're Woodley, that he didn't just uh, take that L like he did the last time, that he fights with a sense of urgency. You want to see an upset. You want to see if this could end the reign of terror of the YouTubers. There's plenty of interest. And anything Jake Paul does brings a lot of interest. Yeah. I will tell you right now, just to lead into it, I don't... From completely all the X's and O's and the traditional ways we break fights down, there's very little for me to get excited about the actual contest of what we will see within the 20, you know... 20 to 30 minutes of fighting. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say here for this because it's just like, I mean, you said it's like, okay, you're a better striker, Tyron, talking to you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have to actually get in there. Like, you can't be afraid of this guy. Just get in there bully him around he's bigger than you who cares just go in there but like at this point you're only gonna look bad if you fight the same way you fought the first time if he goes in there and gives it to him even if he loses okay at least okay tyron did something he showed him you know who who he is he showed up for mma he showed up for himself like just show up man don't fight out of from a from a place of fear I would say fight from a place of anger. Like, you can't let this guy keep beating MMA fighters. Come on. That's all I have to say about that. Do you see, uh, in your heart, you tune in on Saturday, whichever way you choose to tune in, do we have an exciting fight? Yes or no? I mean, no. (laughs) I am 60-40 no. Like, I want it to be, I mean, we all want it to be freaking exciting, right? Yes. Even if, even if it's a, a loss for Woodley, if it's a draw, like let's have some some back and forth because there was none of that last time. No back and forth. Let's have some back and forth. Let's go. I just don't know if Woodley can do it, if he can mentally fight like that. I'm He's not... got to just go berserker, and I don't know if he has it in him to do that. I know he was. He talked about he was getting ready to do like a bit of acting and doing some other stuff. He's not out of shape. I'm not saying he just, you know was getting some donuts and was in the recording studio with yeah. another rap album. But I don't know if he's necessarily as dialed in as he would hope to be to do the things we're asking him to do. So I do understand, once again, it's short notice. He's still the smaller guy. Jake Paul's had a full camp. All of those are notable things. 
But we all know as much as you've been campaigning, as recently as on Triller, calling him out and said, Jake Paul this and Jake Paul that, I'm like, Tyron, you got what you wanted. I don't know what else to say except best of luck. I hope he brings it and I'm going to leave it at that. That's it for tonight's episode. <laughs> uh, Natalie, can you believe it? This is it. Next week, no... MMA, Bellator, UFC, boxing, we've made it. Wow. And so, of course, you know what that means, right? It is our holiday episode, the annual special, where we pick out gifts for the stars of the combat sports world. Natalie, I've already got people I'm waiting to toss your way. So, yes, this time you will have to get gifts for both lists. Naughty and nice, (laughs) Gabriel and Natalie. (laughs) Keep that in mind. We'll be recapping all of the action, and of course, we'll set it up for the year-end episode. All of the awards, best knockout, best fight, fighter of the year, female fighter, news, and everything else. All of that will be coming soon at the end of the year. Until then, guys, have a good one. We'll see you next time.